This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. be a painful process for Flames fans to continue hearing about Matthew Kachuk and the Florida Panthers, but there's nowhere else to start the show than with number 19 and his third game-winning goal of the Eastern Conference Final as the Florida Panthers sweep away Rod Brindamore and the Carolina Hurricanes and head to their first Stanley Cup Final since 1996. Welcome to the program. Happy Thursday. Another edition of Sportsnet today. Logan Gordon along with you from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. Have a cracked foundation, Boeing Foundation walls. We have simple permanent solutions to stabilize your foundation. Contact Doug Lacey's Basement Systems. They're all things basementy. Visit dlbasementsystems.com. Alongside my outstanding producers, Cam and Taylor, this afternoon, a reminder of the fan feedback line, always open to you here on Sportsnet today at 960-960. If you're listening live, feel free to shoot us a text. We will chat plenty about the Florida Panthers and the Carolina Hurricanes to open up the show here. Uh, We'll also, of course, chat about uh, the fact that we could have our Stanley Cup final set after tonight as the Golden Knights and the Dallas Stars meet up for Game 4 of that series. No Jamie Ben for Dallas. He's been suspended two games for his cross-check on Mark Stone. Again, Vegas follows suit and sweep away Dallas. We'll talk about that a little bit later on as well. Also, Thursday means our regular chat with Adnan Verk from MLB Network, NHL Network, and the Cinephile Podcast. So lots to get to. Stick around. Uh, hope you enjoy the show this afternoon. But yes, the, the talker on the hockey world is another brilliant performance, another game winner from Matthew Kachuk. Yes, the former Flame who was involved in one of the biggest trades of the cap era back in the summer that saw the Panthers acquire him from the Calgary Flames. You know the deal. Huberto, Uyghur, Schwint in a first for Matthew Kachuk. And it didn't look like they were ever going to get to this point, at least not this year. The Panthers clawed their way, to use a terrible pun, into the postseason. Got themselves a matchup with the President's Trophy winning Boston Bruins had one of the best regular seasons in NHL history. We're facing elimination against Boston down in that series, but climbed back. Beat the Bruins. 
only took five games to dismantle the Leafs and now took care of business against the Carolina team that's been there a lot recently. And like I said, now off to the Stanley Cup final for the first time since 1996. And there's been a back and forth the last couple of days over who the Conn Smythe favorite would be for playoff MVP. And Sergei Bobrovsky certainly, I don't think I would blame anybody who's still on the Sergei Bobrovsky train. But I think anybody like myself who was probably putting Kachuk second on that list has had to at least reconsider given his heroics the last couple of games, given all the finish. I mean, there there truly is no one like Matthew Kachuk in the NHL right now that has the kind of all-around game that he brings that, you know, talks the talk and walks the walk. And, you know, for a lot of his time in Calgary, it was, you know, I think learning to do both of those things. He was He was always good in Calgary, but he was never this good. He was a star with the Flames. He's a superstar right now with the Florida Panthers. It's not it's not Barkov, it's not Ekblad. It's it's none of those guys in Florida right now. It's it's a bit Bobrovsky, but it is all about number 19 and how he has come in and changed everything about this Florida team and hasn't changed really anything about himself. He's still the the rat king, he's still the pest, he's still all of those things that make him Matthew Kachuk, but he backs it up like nobody else can. And there's there's nothing you can say if you were frustrated about him, like Brent Burns was dealing with Matthew Kachuk in that series. Just, what are you going to do? Every time that he needed you for his team, he stepped up. Whether it was back-to-back overtime winners or the game winners you just heard with 4.3 seconds left, he has been everything and more for this Florida Panthers team and he's enjoying it. He's loving obviously life right now. And uh, you could hear it in his voice post game last night on the ice uh, with Sportsnet's uh, Kyle Bukoskis uh, talking about an opportunity to go to his first Stanley cup final and what it means uh, to him and the Florida Panthers. Third time, a game winner, and this one wins the series. Uh, just tell me what's going through your mind. I just knew there wasn't much time left, and just try to take one of the net, and a uh, great screen, great play by Barky. And listen to these guys, it's unbelievable. I'm so happy to be here. I'm so happy to do it in front of these fans, and just a, a really unbelievable feeling right now. When you arrived here in the summer, you talked about wanting to be the last team standing, so now you're going to the cup final. What's it mean to you? It means everything. It means... Uh, we're not done yet. We saw uh, a lot better hockey left in front of us, and we're really excited for it. That uh, is Matthew Kachuk with Kyle Bukoskis on the ice last night following the Panthers' victory. And that was a lot of the sentiment from Kachuk and other members of the Panthers is that, yeah, feels good right now. Hopefully there's still more to come. There's obviously one more goal winning the the Eastern Conference title is great, but winning the Stanley Cup is what it's all about, and the Panthers are as you know well positioned to do that as anybody left in the playoffs. If we if we do happen to come on the show on Friday and talk about 
Vegas and, and Florida being set for the matchup because both teams swept them away. It's you know probably as, as equal footing as you can get heading into a Stanley Cup final. But, I mean, if you're the Panthers, you're firing on all cylinders right now. You've taken down three really good opponents on your way to the Stanley Cup final. I don't think there's been much luck involved in it. You finally get the goaltending performance out of Sergei Bobrovsky that you were dying for when you signed him to that massive contract. And Bill Zito looks like a genius going out and, and going to get Matthew Kachuk. And look, you're never going to lose a trade when you go out and, and get the best piece. Right, the youngest and the the longest term piece that was never going to be in question, but for him to go out and, and get Matthew Kachuk and be, you know, sort of backed up by the performance that that number nineteen's given him, I don't think in your wildest dreams, even if you're the most optimistic Florida Panthers fan, when that trade happened, did you say, yeah, Matthew Kachuk is just going to to plow through these playoffs and be, you know, a consummate favorite? Because in fairness. And everybody in Calgary knows this as well. That wasn't the Matthew Kachuk that we've seen in playoffs past. At least wearing a, a Calgary jersey, Matthew Kachuk has never been this guy in the playoffs. We've seen it different times in the regular season, but he's never been this in a Calgary jersey. I can tell you that uh, with as much clarity as anything. He had moments in the playoffs, but he was never this guy. He was never this confident. He was never this dynamic. He put up some points. He had his moments. I think probably the most prolific one is, you know, the back and forth with Evander Kane during that Battle of Alberta. But even then, I think we still expected Matthew Kachuk to shine more in a series like that here in Calgary than he did. Now he's, he's at a different level. And it, like I've said, it's everything you've wanted if you're the Florida Panthers and more. And it could lead to uh, a Stanley Cup victory for them. They're going to have a tough opponent. I think Vegas is going to be as tough an opponent as they've seen. But you can't count them out. And uh, when your best player is playing the level of Matthew Kuchuk is, it's, uh, it's certainly uh, bodes well for the Florida Panthers. Uh, nine six zero nine six zero. The fan feedback line always open to you uh, here on the show. A couple of uh, texts coming in uh, as we've opened up today. Uh, this one says, uh, "Where do we go here? Can you imagine how depressed Huberto and Weger must be, especially if Florida wins the Stanley Cup?" That one coming from Mike. <clears throat> I, you know, look. Do I think that that Huberto and Weger have an eye on this for sure? You you can't ignore it. It's the team that both of them have played their entire NHL careers with up until last season. I, I think there's no doubting that Huberto and Weger look at, at, at this and are probably wishing it was them. It was a bad season in Calgary. But at the same time, I think there's always that realization. They were part of a team that won the President's Trophy in Florida and you know didn't have this kind of success. So I, I think if you're a Flames fan, you're probably hoping that they use it more as as motivation 
for, you know, to try to have similar success here in Calgary because it's it's always one of those things. It's almost similar to the Sam Bennett thing. It's it's I've always go back to, you know, Sam Bennett was never going to be what he was in Florida, what he is in Florida in Calgary. It just never happened. Same as this conversation of I don't think the Florida Panthers reach this kind of success without doing the Matthew Kachuk trade. And that means Hubert Owen Weger aren't part of it. So I think if you're Hubert Owen Weger, do you wish you had the same success? Sure. But again, I don't think necessarily that they're depressed about it. Obviously you want to win, but there's, there's 31 other teams that aren't going to win. So uh, this one says, this is where I'm at. Kachuk couldn't handle the pressure of a Canadian market and is thriving in a place where not many people care all that much. In the end, the trade will be a win for both sides. We got great assets for another American player who is going to leave anyways. Huberto will bounce back. Common sense and track record would tell you that. Just sucks Kachuk choked in the playoffs every year for Calgary. Good point. Uh, and we've talked about that too. Is I, I, We never saw this Matthew Kachuk in in Calgary during the postseason. I'm I'm very, very certain of that. And could that have pro- propelled the Flames to a different level? Probably. But he was never this guy in Calgary. Points-wise during the regular season, sure. Uh, the last year in Calgary with Goudreau, he was probably as good offensively as he's been in Florida. But this is just a different... He's a, res- he's a more responsible player. He's going about his business in a, a really smart way where he's still that antagonist, but he's not taking penalties. He's not, you know, he's still a pest, but he's not hurting his team in any way, shape, or form. And he's been as clutch as anybody has been in the postseason. I'm sorry, that didn't exist during his time in Calgary. That's that's just the fact of the, of, of the situation. Um... Uh, what does this one say? This one says, none of these Kachuk moments exist without the ridiculous play of Bob. Uh, all Bob at Vegas will show the Panthers how much of a higher level the West is at right now. Uh, that'll be an interesting one for sure. Uh, this one says, and I brought this up a couple times, and I'm, I'm curious where it's at. Read you 2016 draft. Who do you think uh, goes first, Austin Matthews or Matthew Kachuk? And... It's one that I think has gotten closer. And, of course, recency bias plays a, a massive factor when you talk about questions like this. Um, because, obviously, Matthew Kachuk's having one of the best playoffs we've seen in a very long time. And Austin Matthews and his team are trying to figure out who their next GM is going to be. But it, it's a lot closer than you you think it would be. And I've, I've talked about this before, too. Now, one thing that's always going to to be a factor in this is Kachuk is a winger. Matthews is a center. A center is always the more valuable position. There's, there's just no doubting that. But in terms of actual points, regular season points, Matthews sits at 542. Kachuk's not that far back. He's at 491. He also brings that physical element to the game. He's got 548 penalty minutes over his career. Matthews sits at just 94. Obviously, Austin Matthews is a 60-goal scorer and probably could have hit 50 a couple of times. At this point in his career, he seems like a guaranteed 40 a year. He's hit the 100-point mark once in his career. Kachuk now has done it twice and hit the 40-goal mark 
both times when doing it. So I, I think it's it's crazy to think, but it's actually a much closer conversation than uh than maybe some people would think. Uh this one says been a fan of uh since the nineties what transpired over the past year and how Kachuk has played. This is rock bottom as a fan. I, I, look, I, I, t- I totally understand why you could feel that way and why it's it, it's frustrating as a Flames fan, but I mean, I would look at it and say, I just don't think that it's it's gonna it was gonna happen here, right? I I think there's a legit conversation to be had about should this team have taken Matthew Kachuk longer term instead of bridging him and and prioritized him to stay in Calgary longer? Yes. That is, without a shadow of a doubt, something that you can look at. Do I, do I always know that Matthew Kachuk was going to be a member of the Calgary Flames? I have no idea. I don't know that his desire was always to be in Calgary or his desire was, at some point, to always go back to the United States and uh, see what it was like with a different team. I don't know that. But if you, you want to look at it for a positive side, for a Flames point of view, is the best that Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Gaudreau and this team ever got to was one win in the second round against the Edmonton Oilers. As as good a season as they had, as top-notch as everything went that year, it still only resulted in five playoff wins. And do I think that there's still a chance that the current core can give you more than that? Yeah, I, I really do. I'm not saying that Huberto or Uyghur are going to be better players than Kachuk. But I think that there's a case to be made that one day with the right talent around them, maybe they're able to achieve more than five wins in a playoff uh, run. I honestly think that that's something that's not that far out of the realm of possibility. So, yeah, is it frustrating he left and uh, didn't want to be a member of the team as having this sort of success? Sure, but I think you have to be realistic and understand, too, to a certain degree, I don't know how much of that was ever going to happen in, in Calgary for a, a number of different reasons. Uh, okay, a couple more text lines uh, going off here. Uh, 960960. Um, <laughs> uh, where did I want to read that one? Nathan from Airdrie. Um, and this is something that a lot of people have brought up too. What about Kachuk and different coaches? Is he thriving more under Maurice than Sutter? Uh, how do the coaching styles fit in? Yeah, there's something to be said about that. Um, there's something to be said about how much he talked about how much fun he's having, how much fun he's had under Paul Maurice. And I think it's not a coincidence, I'll say that, um, that that same word, the fun word, has been brought up in Florida as you know, for what the Panthers are doing and how Matthew Kachuk feels. And I don't think it's an accident that it's a word that, um, that Craig Conroy has used here in Calgary. That's, that's what I'll, I'll say about that. Um, <laughs> this one says hilarious that Kachuk will be on the cup before McDavid. Uh, this one says all this shows just how much he didn't want to be here in Calgary anymore. Uh, this text has been a Flames fan my whole life. I'm 42 years old. I felt nothing but pure joy and excitement for Matthew and Sam yesterday 
Well-deserved. I'm extremely happy for both of them. Uh, this one says, it is what it is. There's excitement around the Flames right now. Who cares what Kachuk or Goudreau are doing now? Um, this one says, Kachuk may be more successful in recent playoffs for various reasons, including different coaching templates and expectations. And this one says, Kachuk's great. He got exactly what he wanted, and he's proving he's worth it. I think Maurice is letting him roam free, whereas in Calgary, he was on a leash a little bit more, if that makes any sense. And, yeah, obviously a lot of things have gone well uh, for the Florida Panthers and for Matthew Kachuk. And um, I, I think if anything here, and it's, you know, understanding that it's in Calgary and that's, you know, Bennett and Lomberg and Kachuk obviously most prominently have worn that, that Calgary C and it can be hard to watch them go off and have success in different markets. I, again, I would go back to the point of I don't, I don't think it was ever going to reach this sort of level in Calgary with that group. They've had it. They had a couple runs at it. Again, the best they came to was five wins in a postseason. And I, look I, again, I still think you got good assets back. I know it was a down year for Jonathan Huberto. I think Mackenzie Weger still has more to show this team. I think you know. Given what it was, Matthew Kachuk gave you an opportunity to go out and, and pick up some assets in a trade. You've got a, a new GM and a new head coach coming into place here in Calgary. Hopefully this core can reach a, a different level of success and and not uh, you know always give you the fear that whenever a player leaves, they're going to go on to have the kind of success that Matthew Kachuk has had. It's just been uh, incredibly... Fun to watch, and we'll see what he does uh, with the spotlight fully on them in the Stanley Cup final. Quickly on the other side of this, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes. Man, uh, this stat blew my mind. I really, I didn't even know this going into the to the Eastern Conference final, and maybe I should have. But the Hurricanes have now lost twelve consecutive conference final games: two thousand nine, twenty nineteen, and twenty twenty three since they won the cup back in 2006 over the Edmonton Oilers. 12 consecutive conference final games. That is an unbelievable stat. And Rod Brindamore, this is the problem with the Carolina Hurricanes right now is, I don't know what else you do if you're that team. Okay, you'd like to be healthier. Sure, that's... That's about it. You would have loved to have Pacioretty and and Svechnikov obviously in your lineup for the entirety of the postseason. But this team clearly right now can win or is capable of winning a round or two. But then what else past that? I just I have no idea what comes next for that group. Great coach. I think they've got a really smart GM. That's put them in in places to succeed. I, I love I love some of the pieces. I like Jacob Slavin's a, a great player. Svechnikov's a great player. Uh, but how they just continue to be a footstone, a stepping stone, I guess should say, to everybody else's success stories in the East is is really incredible and uh, a tough way for them to go out. It was a good postseason with them for wins over the Islanders and the Devils. But yeah, to go out in four games uh to the Carolina Pan or to the Carol excuse me, to the Florida Panthers 
and uh, now losing 12 consecutive conference final games uh, since they won the Cup in 06. That is a tough pill to swallow for Rod Brindamore and the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, like I said, we might find out who the uh, Panthers' opponent is uh, as soon as tonight. Game number four between the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights goes tonight on Sportsnet. You can also catch the game right here on Sportsnet 960. The fans, 6 o'clock start, uh, Aiden Hill versus Jake Ottinger is your goaltending matchup. We'll talk more about that game uh, as the day continues. We'll take a break, come back on the other side. Uh, The new GM of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy, joined Rustic and Rose on the big show earlier today as he continues in his new role with the Calgary Flames. Uh, We'll check in with uh, Craig Conroy and his conversation with the guys in the morning. Uh, Coming up next here on Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. Welcome back to the program. It's Logan Gordon along with you. The week of Craig Conroy continues around the city of Calgary. Of course, after being named the eighth GM in Calgary Flames history, he's done the media rounds, heard from him live at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome with Don Maloney and Dave Nonis. He joined Pat Steinberg a little earlier this week on Flames Talk. And uh, today continued uh, in between amateur scouting meetings to uh, to meet up with different members uh, of the media and you know sort of get a feel for what the Craig Conroy era is going to be as uh, he takes over as GM of the Calgary Flames. And today we were lucky enough uh, to have him join Rustic and Rose on the big show. Uh, to continue to chat about uh, his recent promotion within the organization and what we can expect over the next couple of weeks uh, as the offseason really begins to ramp up for the Calgary Flames. So an opportunity once again to hear from the newest GM of the Calgary Flames. It is Craig Conroy in conversation with Rustic and Rose on the big show a little bit earlier today. Good morning, guys. How are you doing? Uh, We're great. I have to ask you, um, yesterday was your first full day as GM of the team. How did that day go for you? Take me through when you woke up. Did any of your routine change? How did you get to the rink? What was Craig Conroy's day like yesterday? You know, just uh, wake up a little bit earlier because your mind's kind of thinking. We just have a, especially with the amateur meetings being here. And, you know, I literally, I probably had 400 text messages and emails in the last day. And I'm not exaggerating. Like, my daughter's like, seriously, I'm like, look at this. <laughs> so, <laughs> To get back to all these people and, and you want to do so much, but also sit in the meetings and get ready for the draft. It's, you know, you run out, you come back, you run out. And uh, it's just, it's been a very uh, hectic, hectic uh, couple of days for sure. But it, it was fun. I mean, it's obviously you come in, you're excited, getting ready for the draft uh, to see the guys. It's nice to have, have all the amateur staff in here and when this is all going on. But I would like to get back to everybody. It's, it's tough right now. You're trying to reach out to players and, you know, everybody's busy and there's just a lot to do, which is, uh, which is fun. I like it. I wanted to ask Craig, because you told us on Tuesday that you had signed the contract early. you spoke to the media around noon. Like what was the very first general manager duty that Craig Conroy did after signing that contract? I went right in to talk to the amateur uh, staff. That was my first thing, you know, it was uh, to get the, you know, to say hello and good morning and let's let's get ready. You know, that's one nice thing about knowing everybody, being in there. It, it, we know the process. We know what we want to do. We know we're, we're on the same page. 
So, you know, it wasn't, I really didn't have to say much in the meeting and just, uh, yeah, just wanted to get going and that was it. And then I knew I had the press conference coming up, which I was a little nervous for. So, you know, that's always, uh, you know, a little stressful. So I was glad when that was over and then back in the meetings and then just trying to respond to people and, you know, get in touch with players and it's, uh, you know, it, it's just, there's so much you want to do, but there's so little time in the day right now to yeah. do it all. Has it sunk in yet? I don't know because it's been busy. <laughs> I don't think it has. I, I think, uh, you know, definitely uh, it's amazing. All the general manager have been unbelievable, you know, reaching out. You know, it, it's it's weird how you're, you go from maybe you're not interacting with the general manager as much when you're assistant general manager and then to kind of flip that switch and to have them do that, it's, uh, you know, you just think, okay, now it now it's real. So maybe that does make it real when uh, you know you're you're dealing with all all the other general managers in the league. Um, we all have uh, self doubt at some times of our lives when it comes to our careers, and we're like, okay, am I the guy for this job? Am I going to get this job? Did did you kind of go through that? Because everything we've talked about, you hear insiders talking about how you were kind of the favorite to get this job. They wanted the internal job. A lot of people were rooting for you uh, in the in the hockey community because they know the amount of hard work you've put into this. Did you have a little bit of self doubt where you're like, "Am I going to really get this job?" Did that did that ever sink into you? Uh, I mean, I'd be lying to say it didn't. You know, you're you're always wondering, and, and, and sometimes I over, you know, maybe overthinking everything. And you know, as the process was going along, I felt much better after the second interview. Though, to be totally honest, the first interview was I thought was okay. I thought it was good. They wanted a, a clearer, firmer vision, and you know, I tried to give them that. And I thought in the second interview more so than in the first. But you know, overall, you know, there's a lot of variables. I think I I kind of said that in the first interview and then they said no we want to know exactly I'm okay this is this is the way I see it if everything works out in my mind (laughs) um when was when were you uh when did they let you know that Dave Notice was going to be part of your staff and and what was your initial reaction were were you excited about it were you intrigued uh when were you told that Dave Notice was going to be part of your staff well we talked about it even before I signed the contract obviously like before and just said because I think some of the things that maybe in my interview where uh, Brad Brad loved to do the contracts, Brad and, and Chris Snow together did all the contracts here, and Brad really took pride in that. That was one of his uh, his, his big things. He really enjoyed it, and which is hey, that, and he's good at it. So he did that, and uh, so really I didn't have a lot of I did I did Johnny Gaudreau's first contract, and I did Garnet Hathaway's contract. So I've done a couple contracts. That's it. And, you know, they want strengths and weaknesses. And they said, you know, I, I don't know if it's a weakness. I just haven't done it. So, you know, to be able to start doing contracts and working with the agents and, but to have Dave here with me, it just makes total sense. I mean, he's, he's been doing that, you know, his whole career from right when he's working with Berkey, you know, when he's a GM, Toronto, Vancouver, he, he was doing contracts in Anaheim. So, I mean, to have that experience and, you know, it's going to make it, especially me thinking with the seven under the free agents coming moving forward. That's that's going to be invaluable. You know, and and Don said it's going to take something off your plate, Craig. That you're going to be happy to have have help. You know, because it is a lot. You know, and it's going to be uh, time consuming. And and to have have Dave here is going to be a huge thing. And I, I totally agree with that. And I think Chris Snow is going to still. Chris is great at it too. So to have the really three of us, it, it'll be perfect. But I think Dave will probably take the charge lead at the beginning on, on the contracts while I'm 
you know, we have coaches to hire and draft hmm. and, you know, so there's going to be, there's going to be a lot of things, moving parts, but to have that experience is, uh, I think is valuable. You you do have a slew of tasks, like you mentioned, the the scouting for the draft, you, you have the head coach to decide on. Um, one of the things that was other also brought up in the press conference was Elias Lindholm, and you had mentioned that he was one of the guys you were going to get after and, and try and have a conversation with as soon as you could. Uh, have you been able to kind of move that along and, and kind of gauge his level now that you have the general manager position? You know what? I've been, I've been reaching out to guys, and Elias was one of those guys. I talked to him. It was a great talk. I mean, obviously, he's super happy for me, and you know, and uh, everything was positive in the in the chat. It was just a quick one. I just wanted to reach out to him because I did say I was going to call him. So I'm like, I better do do what I say here. So yeah, I got it. It was a great conversation. I thought it went went well. You know, he, he had some questions. I, you know, some things I can't answer right away. You know, he's wondering about the coach. I said that's going to be a little bit of a process here so I can't answer that and then yeah overall it was a really good conversation and I think you know now it'll just keep progressing moving forward here but we're we're always in contact which is nice and he's you know that 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 makes it easy because he's easy to easy to deal with he always picks up his phone which is nice how important is it going to be for you to continue to be transparent because it's one of the things that you know, always, every time that we've interacted with you, it's something that has definitely come through. And I think that your players will really appreciate that. Well, like I said, I think everybody just wants to know where they stand. You know, as a player, why am I not playing? If mm. I did something wrong, I'm not winning draws, you're not happy with me blocking shots, I'm not physical enough. If I know what's wrong, I can try to fix it. You know, if I'm if the coach was mad at me and he never told me, you know, that that's tough. Yeah, that's always like, you're, and you used to, I used to sit in the locker room thinking, I wonder, you know, what do I have to do? What have I done? If I, am I not practicing hard enough? And I think when you just have that clarity, hey, this is what we need, this is what we want, makes it uh, just run that much smoother for me personally. Brand new general manager of the Calgary Flames, Craig Conroy, joining us here on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, the fan. Uh, Craig, I, I know during the, the, the presser, you talked about how you want to give younger guys a shot here on the team. How do you balance that as the GM where you want to give younger guys an opportunity to, to play in the NHL and give them a shot in the lineup, but at the same time, uh, ultimately, you're here to win games first and foremost. How tough is that to, to give young guys a shot but make sure they're helping you win hockey games? Well, it's true. It's not like just, hey, everyone's going to get to play in the NHL. Like, they need to earn it. You're still going to have to come in. And I told we just had the Wranglers uh, exit, you know, you when guys come in, they have to take a jersey. They have to take a job. They have to earn it because it's the NHL. I mean, that's the bottom line. But if it's going to be, if you feel like there's two guys that it's so close, you're going to go with the younger guy. You know, you're you're going to go, you're going to leave a chance for a younger guy to 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 kind of get that opportunity. I was just, you know, the U.S. game just started in uh, in the World Championships, and Matt Coronado scored the first goal. I mean, it's exciting. You know, mm-hmm. you, they have that, you know getting the reports on, on Matt from, from the guys over there. It, it's, it's great to hear because he's taken strides. He took strides when he got here, you know, the Pelches of the world, all, all the guys, you know, and it gives them hope. And it, when you send them home in the summer, if they think, Hey, there's an opportunity for me, you do. I mean, it's just human nature. You're going to work that much harder. And when they come in, doesn't mean they're going to make the team, but they're going to have a really good opportunity to uh, show what they can do. And if the coaching staff and management and everybody feel like, hey, you know what, we're not rushing this guy. He can play. I mean, we're going to give them an opportunity. 
Um, Craig, you obviously had a, a very uh, great, long career in the National Hockey League. D- does that matter to players? Do you think that because as you were a player and if you were talking to an executive, a general manager who played in the league, who knows the struggles and how difficult it is to play hockey at this level, do you think it's just an easier message to convey because you, you just you know what these guys have been through and they know um, that what you're feeling is what they're feeling? Yeah, I know. I know what it's like to be cut at training camp and sent to the minors and play in the, and grind it out for a couple, two, three, two and a half years. And you know those highs and lows of what you go through as a player. I mean, I wasn't a superstar like Steve Eiserman, where that that never happened. I, I had to ride the bus in the minors and and get called up and get sent down and you know get cut right at the end of camp and and just go through all that being traded uh, I've been on the first line I've been on the fourth line I've you know been in the press box uh, been put on waivers you know so I've lived all the emotions that they're going to go through I don't know you know if there's anything I did get to do so I, I can relate I mean obviously the hardest day for me is the day you're cutting especially those last cuts at training camp that's your job. You have to do that, but it's not fun. You know, you're, you're crushing someone's dream at that moment, but doesn't mean it's over. You just, Hey, you got to go down there and play, be the best player in the American league. So then we can bring you back up when there's, when there's, when it's your time. You had mentioned that you've been inundated with text messages and I'm sure that there's probably at least one from the 31 other teams in the NHL in there. And, and this kind of feeds off George's question. You have a long playing career. You've, you've been in the front office role for a while now. Do you feel like you have a lot of great relationships with other people in front offices around the league from not only your playing days, but your time as an AGM? I, you know, that is, you know, that's what Don and I talked about a lot. I mean, you know, I played with Chris Drury. I was roommates with Billy Guerin at the Olympics and we were roommates at USA hockey stuff. So, you know, I have that. I played with Rob Blake, you know, and then just as you go around the league, uh, Patrick Alvin and I were flying back from the U18s and I really got to, you know, I really got to know him there and talk to him and you're like, Oh, you know, and I really hadn't spoke to him much. I saw him Mm -hmm. once, uh, scouting college I ran into him and, and Scott Young and I played with Scott Young in uh, St. Louis so it seems like on every team I know I've always known somebody and I do think that's gonna you know make a difference moving forward you know it's it's, it's just it's weird when you you know even like Steve I, I don't know Steve Eiserman that well but we played against each other for so long yeah. you know we say hi how you do you know it, it's definitely uh, it's an easier conversation to have than if you don't know people I mean it's just, you know, you know what it's like. You're trying to get in and yeah. you're the new guy. It's like walking into a new uh, locker room for the first time. It's it's a little intimidating and and you just kind of stay quiet and get the feel of the room before you uh, kind of integrate yourself into it. So I'll, I'll be doing a lot of listening to start and, and then, and then go from there. Do they do rookie laps at the first GM meeting? <laughs> I don't know. That's, I'm a little nervous. I, I said, I'll just sit there and be quiet. Um. <laughs> Craig, I wanted to ask you, um, you talked about at the at the uh, press conference how uh, when you got traded here, uh, there was a lot of bitterness uh, towards you coming to Calgary. You mentioned Aginla, too. Uh, you was very excited. Yeah, you pointed out Eric Francis, how he kind of roasted the trade, too, which I thought was terrific because we all know the franchise here on Sportsnet 960. But when, uh, when was the moment, and we got this from a texter uh, earlier, I thought it was a great question. When was the moment you fell in love with Calgary? That's a great question. Uh, you know, I mean, I think as I went around the city and, and just because I was living, I was at the hotel at the Westin at the time and just going around the city, I, it wasn't, 
it wasn't as bad as the media and maybe Jerome and everybody. <laughs> People actually actually seemed very happy to have me here, you know. And I think I fell in love with the city probably. I really enjoyed it that first, I think it was 14 games that year I played here. And I, I really had a good, it was a good experience. Greg Gilbert was here. Greg Gilbert was my uh, coach in Worcester in the American League. And I think I had like a bunch of points for him. And one of the things he said when we sat down, Craig, I know you're more than just a checker. I know no one else believes that, but I do believe that. So I was like, oh, that was uh, that was the first the first thing. And as a player, you like to hear that. You know, you're like, hmm, I, I think I'm more than a checker too. But in St. Louis, very good teams, and I had a role, and I, I just wanted to do my role the best I could. You know, it was about winning games and trying to win a Stanley Cup. And then I got here, I'm like, maybe I'll get a little more. And it was really when Mark Savard got hurt is where I got my chance. But it was it was pretty early on, and we're just being in the city. I bet you those first 14, uh, 14 games, I really enjoyed it. And then probably the best moment in my career personally is when I came back from L.A. and the the way that my reception was when they put me on the Jumbotron. Uh, that'll be something I never forget. That was the, That's the greatest you know, individual little moment that I've had uh, in Calgary. Uh, I wanted to ask you, Craig, you know, in, in your prior role, was scouting your favorite part of the job? I did like, I do like amateur scouting. Yes. Yeah. Probably was my favorite. You know, it's just because you're going to get picks every year. You know hmm. what that you're got. you know, this year we got the 16th overall pick. We know every pick we have and, uh, and it can change the team. So I really did enjoy that part of it. I mean, I enjoyed the pro pro side too. If Brad said, Hey, we're looking at uh, doing a deal with a team, can you go watch these players? This we're doing. I did enjoy that too. You enjoy the, you really enjoy those big moments. The drafts, amazing. You know, uh, as a player, you didn't like, you know, the deadline. But as on this side, you know, you can change your team. You know, you can get more picks. You can change your team. There's always stuff going on. There's always those key moments during the season when you really get excited. But uh, you know, it's it's definitely that was part of it. I probably I'm, and I I still think I'm going to do that. I mean, because if I'm going to go to Alinka, I'm going to do yeah. the World Juniors. You want to still be in those tournaments because you want to know the players. You know, you you feel comfortable when you have a when you're sitting listening to the scouts. We sit in the meetings. I have reports on the players, so you you've seen the players. You know what they're all about. So you're like, yep, yeah, I agree. You know, that's he's a good fit there. He's a good fit here. Um, you know, but it will change a little bit because I'll be with the team a little bit more, especially to start, uh, especially with a new coach. You want to build that, uh, you know, that partnership for mm-hmm. sure. I'm I'm curious how how does a Craig Conroy scouting meeting look? Might be inside baseball, but I'm kind of interested. You know, I mean, it's it, it's kind of the same way it's been uh, for the last 12 years. Uh, you know, we're always changing stuff. We're always adding stuff, how we can do it. Uh, we used to write on the board. Now Chris Snow has it all where we just, it's just computerized and it pops up and we put the numbers and we, you know, it's easy to flip the players. Yeah. We had to used to write them down and write everything. And uh, it's a much smoother process right now, but it's a, it's a good battle in there. I mean, guys are, you know, still, this is the one where I'd say we're about 90% set on uh, the list and then we'll have the combine and then we'll go in and, and really tighten up the list to get ready for the draft. So it's, it's very similar, but uh, it's intense and fun. And you know what? Everybody's passionate in there. And that's what you want. You want every pick we say, we want someone that you want to put that Calgary Flames jersey on. We just don't want a player. We want one that you're saying, no, he's a Calgary Flame. Craig, do you have a favorite rink to scout at? And do you have a favorite tournament 
to scout at? That's a great question. I mean, the World Juniors are just, it's just, I mean, just being in Halifax this year, the World Juniors, it doesn't get better than that. It's not, it, you know, there's not a lot of uh, draft eligible players there, but you get to see all the top, you know, especially when if you're making trades, is there an opportunity to, you know, trade for some of these other players already drafted? So, you know, definitely the World Juniors is at the top. I was just at the U18s. That's a fun tournament. You know, I think uh, anytime you, the buildings are so good now, it's hard to pick your favorite building because, uh, you know, I still think the fat saddle dome when we're like, we're so close to the ice where the press box is, mm-hmm. is still one of my favorite. You know, in some of the new buildings is so far back, you feel like, oh man, we're a mile away here. So, you know, still love the saddle dome for, for scouting. Um, Craig, uh, you've, you've kind of uh, alluded to it a couple times here. Obviously, uh, you're you're in the search for a new head coach of this team. How important is NHL experience behind the bench as a head coach? Is that as important as maybe it, it was maybe 20 years ago now in today's game? You know, I mean, I mean definitely experience helps because you've lived it, you've you've done it. But just like until you're given that opportunity, how do you prove yourself? You Much know? like so yourself, think, right? Much yeah, like yourself. Exactly. I do. I do think that. So I think, you know, as we go through the process, we're going to definitely talk to coaches with experience coaches. You know, the one thing, if you've, you've coached, whether it's junior hockey, AHL, you know, NHL, if you're a head coach, I mean, you're living it, you've done it, you know, the pressures, you know what you're doing. And it'll be fun to kind of sit in the, in the uh, interviews and just see their philosophies, how they would use players. You know, you, you just go through all the different scenarios and see how that, you know, the, their style, their systems, you know, how, what do they think of our players? How do you see our lineup fitting together and, and kind of going from there. So, I mean, there's a lot of uh, little nuances that we work with, but it's going to be, you know, if it's, if it's a coach, for he's had a thousand games in the league or, or zero, you know, we're going to pick the one that we feel is the best for this, for this team and the franchise moving forward. You've mentioned that you, you, there's going to be a captain on the Calgary flames for the upcoming season. Do you see this as a, a, a situation where there are lots of candidates? I'm not necessarily looking for names, but are, are do you think there's a narrow search or, or how are you looking at that? Well, I, I definitely, there's, there's a leadership group that we already have there. And then, you know, who's the best off that leadership group? Who, who do, and a lot of it is you're going to talk to the players. Who do they feel? Because I'm not in the room. You know, when I was down there, I knew Jerome was a captain. I knew, I knew Gio was going to be the next captain. You know, you just, you just sensed it, felt it, and it, it was real seamless. When you're not in the room, you know, from a bird's eye view, it, it's hard to tell because I don't know who's standing up when there needs to be something to said. I don't know who's going to talk to the coach. I don't know who's challenging guys, uh, you know, behind the scenes. So I think those are the kind of conversations we need to have. And then, you know, pick the right person. But I do think in a Canadian market, you want to have a captain. You know, you need to have one voice. You need it, especially in the room. Even the boys kind of need, okay. We need one person. It's time to stand up instead of looking around thinking, I wonder if, you know, I don't feel like saying it. I don't, you know, you just, you want to have that clarity. It, I've always had a captain in the 17 years I played in the, in the NHL mm-hmm. and also in, uh, in college. Even when you're kids, every, we've always had a captain. So, you know, not to have it for a couple of years just felt, didn't, didn't feel right. Mm. Um, Craig, taking over this team, obviously uh, goaltending is, is so important in today's game. It's always been, important in the history of the game, but you have three guys now who potentially 
can, can have an impact on the big club. Uh, are these just good problems to have when a guy like Dustin Wolf, not only two-time goalie of the year in the American Hockey League, but also wins the MVP? Are there, is that just good problems to have that the organization is that deep in net right now? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the one thing when you say, if you have a problem in one area, you want to have a problem in, in goaltending because it's such a key position. I mean, that's, uh, you know, you're watching the playoffs. It's amazing what Vegas is doing, going through all the goalies and, and to see how that's kind of worked. But you got to have it. I mean, you got to have depth in that. And, you know, it's it's a when you have it as a position of power, you know, when you talk to other teams, I, you know, I haven't started that process yet. But, you know, I'm assuming they say, hey, if they have interest in the goaltenders. That's because at some point, Wolf has put himself in a position to really, uh, you know, he deserves that opportunity. With that said, we, I'm in a great position. You know, it's not like he needs waivers to go down. Uh, we're in Calgary. It's it's not something that we have to do, but if there's an opportunity to do something, um, it's there, you know, to know it's there. But I, I believe in all three of these goalies. I think each and every one of them, are, they're excellent, you know, and I'm looking forward. That's the one thing I sleep easy at, knowing we have all, all three of those guys. There you go. The New Flames GM, Craig Conner with Russick and Rose a little bit earlier today on the big show. Remember, you can find uh, that show and all of our Sportsnet 960 programs wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or your favorite podcatcher. We'll uh, come back on the other side, kicking off hour two, our regular Thursday chat with Adnan Verks coming up next. You're on Sportsnet 960 The Fan.